It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast presented by Get Upside. Just download the free Get Upside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. I am Marcus Mosier. He is Landon McCool and Landon. I'm fired up today. I'm angry. I'm a little bit bitter and upset. So it should be for a good show. But uh, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing well. I I hope it's nothing that I did. Uh, I may have forgotten to send you a box of Built Bars maybe or something. (laughs) I actually uh, ordered a new one today. That's the truth. Coconut brownie chunk. Uh, Good, good. So it's not on me. (laughs) Part of it is uh, where I'm living, they've they've declared a uh, snow emergency, which that, that never happens here, which... Tells you I, got a lot okay. of snow. Okay. I mean, look, you have had several over the course of me knowing you, you have had dealt with several what I would call snow apocalypses. So far, yeah, yeah. And the uh, fact that they are just now calling this a snow emergency. All right, you, you got to give me the deets. Are, are so, you, is there snow like at the second story window or what? So, well, what's happened is like people that park their cars on the side of the road. The, the snow banks have gotten so high that they can't get the cars out. You literally can't see the cars now because they've gotten buried under the snow banks. So people can't get out. They can't get out of the driveways. They can't get in the cars. They can't find their cars because there's so much snow. Um, so, yeah. And that's, now that's because, kind of what... yeah, as I say, now because the snow has piled up so much on both like, yeah. sides of the road, the plow trucks can't get down the roads. You know, we're kind of dealing with a little bit of that out here. It's uh, it's it's almost fifty degrees here, so uh, you know, it's uh, similar, very similar I, situation. I do want to say for our friends that are living out in Dallas, I know yeah. you guys got a lot of snow the the, in the last couple of days, and we're, uh, power power went out, so we're hoping everything's good. Sending our well wishes because I know that's a scary situation in town in Dallas. Yeah, so. these people live in the north. They're, they're yeah, used we're to used to it. I, it's it's yeah. totally different in Dallas, and I, I I understand how scary that can be. So absolutely, absolutely, heart goes out to everybody that's in Texas right now. Um, all right, we got some <laughs> we got some things to talk about today, Landon. So we a do. report came out today from one hundred five point three The Fan uh, that the Cowboys are trending in the direction of releasing Amari Cooper and Demarcus Lawrence ahead of free agency in order to save cap space um and that has me upset so we're going to go these one at a time but in general what do you think about the potential of these two moves well yeah i mean the potential of them i'm I'm not a fan of obviously i mean i think uh you know with with cooper it's i think they are different I, i i think i would probably be more upset um if they couldn't figure something out with lawrence with cooper Hmm. Hmm. I actually disagree with that, but we'll get back. Well, I, I mean, let me. <laughs> the financial side of Cooper makes more sense. Correct. It, so they. I don't let's, know. Let's clear that up really quickly. So they yeah. can cut. They can cut Amari Cooper, 
and save 16 million with 6 million in dead cap space. If they cut DeMarcus Lawrence, they would only save, I believe it's like six and a half million dollars. So financially it makes more sense sense. to cut Cooper. Yeah. Um, Now, as far as whether they should do that or not, right. Um, I think you and I have been discussing this over the last few weeks since this is, you know, this is a playoff game and, and, and just the kind of way that the offense never was able to turn back over. Uh, it was just felt like it was uh, kind of an idol for a long time. And, and, you know, part of what we kind of talked about was the fact that we felt like we weren't getting enough or I, I'll, I'll, I'll speak for only myself that I, that I felt like we weren't getting enough out of Cooper uh, in the offense. And, and to me, that is not just a Cooper problem. You know, that's, that's, that's just as much equally a problem with the play calling uh, you know, with maybe the quarterback involved in there, this is a, a, a three pronged issue to, to, to say the least, right. Mm-hmm. Cooper has his own side of that. Cooper has an element in there that, you know, he's responsible for. There are issues that I've had with the way, um, you know, at times when he's played and, and some of the decisions making that he's made, but I'm not necessarily advocating for Cooper to get cut. I, I think the idea is that if you're going to pay Cooper the amount of money that Cooper's being paid, then you probably should do more to try to get him involved and my my other side with Cooper there is that I hate that Cooper, in order to get involved, has to be like kind of force fed the ball early in order to be put into games. Like that part, okay. I put on Cooper a little bit. How, okay, Let, let's talk about that because I think that's interesting. When when a receiver's not getting the ball early, we we have to start talking about like force feeding the ball because we did the same thing with Des like in twenty fourteen, yes. right? Like, yes. why don't the Cowboys get the ball to the, the receivers more often? Is it really force feeding or is it just getting them more involved in the offense? Because you watch the Rams, they'll open a game with three targets to Cooper Cup in the first five plays. We don't call that force feeding. We just call that that's their offense, right? Let's just get in touches early on. I think the difference is, is that the way that the Rams do that. And again, like the Rams get Cooper open and design plays specifically to, uh, to free him up. I think what's happening with Cooper is that they're running normal plays. And instead of going through the full progression as the play is designed, Dak's just going to Cooper, you know? And and I think that may be the difference. Again, all of this is to say, I think I would rather tinker with this to get it back to right than trying to completely move off Cooper. The, the, The thought process was if, if, if this is the offense and the offense is, get the ball to who's open, then to me, it doesn't make sense to have a guy on your team that's twenty, that's making $20 million a year to be your number one wide receiver because that doesn't fit what you're organizationally, what you're trying to do on offense. But I'm not necessarily advocating to go that route. I'm just saying the two of those things don't seem to mesh well together. Right? Which is like, fair, so- but I, at the same time, I, I think this is an offense that's very reliant on guys beating one-on-one coverage, right? And that kind of stuff. Like, I don't think it's an offense like Kyle Shanahan where guys are just schemed wide open and you can kind of play whoever you want in certain roles. Like they need their outside X receiver to be able to beat one-on-ones quickly and consistently. That's the part that I I, I really struggle with. If, if Mari's gone, who's going to get open one-on-one? And we talked about this all year long. Like CD's not that guy that's going to win with route running, right? 
Cedric Wilson's really not that guy either. He's a guy that can really do well in zones. And then Michael Gallup has never been a great separator, and he's coming off a torn ACL. Well, and see, that that actually reveals the problem, is that when Cooper wasn't getting open, which exactly. that was the issue near the end of the season, yep. is that he wasn't getting open. Yeah, there's nowhere else to there's nothing else to do. Right. It was kind of the idea was that it was all based on Cooper providing opportunities for guys like CD and and down roster wide receivers to get chances to beat one on ones. And when Cooper's not winning his one on ones and forcing double teams or whatever, then this whole thing doesn't work. So I guess that's the pickle. Right. (laughs) Is that like you're either reliant on trying to get the ball to a variety of different players. And in that case, $20 million wide wide receiver one doesn't make sense. Or you're trying to get the ball to your, your number one receiver. And then he's providing for everybody else by the coverage that he's drawing away, but that wasn't happening either. So I, I guess, you know what, like I said, I'm not advocating for either side of this. I'm just saying that it doesn't necessarily make sense to have a spread the ball around offense if you have a $20 million wide receiver who isn't producing at $20 million a, a, a year. And again, not because he can't do it, but because of the combination of what's happening with Cooper, what's happening in this offense, the way that the, the play yep. calls are being done. I, I just think this seems like the, the, like the too quick, the, the, the non uh, uh, thoughtful response. It to feels so short sighted to me. Y- yeah, I, I agree. I understand that, that you guys wrote the contract in a way that if you wanted to cut this guy, it would be easy, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to avail yourself nope. of that. Nope. So um, I, I, yeah, I, I think that's the part I'm struggling with the most is I, I feel like they need to fix this, but I mean, what, what happens if you cut, I mean, I, that's the other thing too. What happens if you cut Cooper and then Kellen Moore gets signed by Miami? Kellen Moore is down to the last two. It's him and Mike McDaniel for the last yeah. job. Uh, uh, I want to dive in more to this Cooper stuff because I, I've got some additional thoughts I want to add. But before we do that, let's tell you guys about Get Upside. Our listeners are earning cash back for every single gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill-up. Cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making up to $200 or $300 a year just by using GetUpside. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift card. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Also want to tell you guys about bet online. Bet online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues, it's March to the Super Bowl. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up to the minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online where the game starts. All right, back to Amari Cooper. Hmm. I, I just want to take a look at Cooper's career quickly because I think we kind of forget. Like, I really feel like in a lot of ways, Amari saved Dak's career. If you look at Dak's numbers, the last 17 games before they traded for Amari, okay, so that's a full season. He averaged 6.7 yards per attempt and had a passer rating of 82. 
he was not playing well. He was in a huge, huge slump. Since they've traded for Amari, since that that one move, his passer, his yards per attempt are up to a 7.9, which is second best in the NFL, and a passer rating of 101.8, which is the third best in the NFL. Dak is just a much better quarterback with Amari. And even in 2020, when Dak didn't play, I thought Amari was fantastic. Like he was really, really good with all the different quarterbacks they had. Uh, and he was pretty healthy that year with Andy Dalton, with Garrett Gilbert, Ben Nucci. It was 1,100 yards. And, you know, he won them some games like that Minnesota game with Andy Dalton as the quarterback. So uh, if if the goal here is to surround Dak Prescott with talent and make him, you know, allow him to compete with some of these best quarterbacks in the league, taking away his best receiver, I don't know how that helps anybody. I mean, again, it, it's I, I I don't disagree with you. I, I I think that the issue here is is that they don't feel like they can consistently trust him to be there for, to produce for them. I mean, I think that's it's just been a roller coaster with him. And sure, uh, I I yeah, I agree. Like, I don't think that they're kind of in a tough spot, man, because like you know, it's worse to get rid of him and then not have that opportunity. But at the same time, when you have him. It's not like that's the, your problem is solved, right? Like it's not like you know the the offense is guaranteed to be consistent or 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 that he's guaranteed to to produce. Like that's the issue I think I have is that we're paying a lot of money at the wide receiver position and we have no wide receiver consistency. You know, uh, okay. and that's it, it, and that's not just not, his problem, right? Like that's, right. that's other people's problem too. You're not wrong, but let's play this out. Amar, let's say they do this and they cut Amari. And what's the next step? Because I think that at that point, you almost have to spend a high pick on a receiver, right? Like, oh, yeah, going absolutely. Let, let's say even they pay Michael Gallup and they pay Cedric Wilson. So you're probably spending a combined 13 to 15 million on those two guys for one year. It's the same receiver core going into next year, just without the best guy. Like, how does that help anything? I mean, I don't, I don't know that it. <laughs> The Cowboys fans are going to want to hear this. <laughs> I don't know that this plan is for next year. Like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, I, and that's I, what I want to get to. I, honestly, get to the more, the like, look, I'm here's my hot take for the week. No, go right? ahead. I'm ready. If they get rid of Demarcus Lawrence and they get rid of Amari Cooper, I have to think that what the plan is, is let's get one more year of Mike McCarthy, get him out of here, bring in Sean Payton and see if we can reload. That's, that's what I imagine that the, well, they have in the back of their head. That's, that's not, I had a similar but, thought. If you're, if you're doing that, you're not retooling and trying to compete for Super Bowl next year. You're just not. No. And they can try to sell you, Hey, we're going to be better at this spot. This spot. You're not, your team is worse. And you have a window to basically they're telling you our window shut for to win the Super Bowl. I I I don't know if I disagree with that idea though. You know, I mean here's the thing. I, I totally like I said, I'm not advocating for them to, to yeah. for them not to tank or anything like that, but I, I think that there's some a legitimacy to the idea that they're not going to be able to reload the way that they, you know, everyone hopes they can to make a Super Bowl run the way that they did this year. It's it's going to be very difficult. So maybe what you do is you finally do some sort of small rebuild like this team, frankly, has been avoiding for over a decade. <laughs> you know, so how did so, we get here, though? How did, how did we get to a spot where they need to rebuild, though? Because I 
Well, because they had the best chance that they had in over ten, five to ten years, and they completely screwed the pooch when they got to the playoffs. But it's—I I feel like though—it's a combination of a lot of other moves that they've made, right? I, obviously, they did not play well in the 49er game, but mm-hmm. you don't cut Demarcus Lawrence and Amari Cooper just because you lost the playoff game. You do it because no, you do you've it made some you... other mistakes along the way. You do it because you spent half the season without those guys anyways. We're still able to win at different points. And both of them, despite being incredible players when they're on the field, again, they're not providing consistent play for you. I love both of these guys. And, and I, I'm not advocating. I, let me be clear. I want both of these guys to stay. I don't want anyone to cut these two guys. But we cannot sit here and pretend that these guys are – playing at a level of consistency that you want for the money that they're being paid. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, I, I would I mean, disagree a little bit more on DeMarcus Lawrence. I, I, I think the injuries well, promise he can't are, stay healthy. That's yeah. yeah. I, I, I think yeah. when Lawrence plays, he's very consistent. Uh, oh, absolutely. Let me, yeah, let me be clear. Lawrence's issues only about being on the field. It's it's it, Lawrence and Tyron Smith are probably the closer comparison than, than Lawrence and Cooper. It's just like Lawrence and Cooper are being talked about right now because of their current contract situations. Cooper's situation to me, like he's an enigma. I mean, I think I think that's been clear since he was with Oakland, right? Like he'll have 250 yards receiving one one week against the Eagles, and then next week have you know convert five of on ten targets and and for 60 yards. You know, it's I, I, and then get hurt and miss a game, or and then come back and have 200 yards. It's like I, I, with Lawrence, like when he's on the field, I feel like I know what I'm gonna get. With Cooper. I could get the moon. I could get the best receiver in football, or I could get you know a guy who doesn't seem terribly interested in being on the field. It's it's really it's hard to describe. And frankly, I think Oakland people tried to tell us this at certain points that this kind of was a thing, and it's kind of hard to actually talk about until you see it. But this is what we see with him: is that he's like a Ferrari, right? If it's mm-hmm. not perfectly tuned. It's not running like a Ferrari. And and that's, I think, that's been the issue with, with Cooper for most of the parts when we've had problems with him is that if he's a little bit nicked up or if he's hurt, it's it's the diminishing returns are, are severe. I would rather have the Ferrari, though, that leaks oil every once in a while than a minivan that's in pristine condition. I'm just telling Absolutely. you. <laughs> Absolutely. But I guess the, the point is, is that we can't sit there and uh, – I would too. But we can't sit here and pretend like there is no problem. Right, that there isn't that's, oil. Yeah, and that's fine. Ferrari, that's you know fine. what I'm saying? Like that's. I think that's the thing that that we need to keep in mind is that the re- they may be overreacting. They are overreacting, as far as I'm concerned. But we shouldn't be, pretend like there isn't something to react to. Yeah. Cooper has had issues over the last year. I think, I think the offensive problems can be solved by tweaks and not tearing everything down and starting I, over. I disagree. That, that's my. Thing. I, mean, I, I mean, I agree. I'm sorry. I agree. I very much yeah. agree. Uh, that that's all. So. Uh, to me, though, what's so fascinating about this is you have Dak Prescott, who's going to be turning 29 this offseason. And if you cut two of your top, let's say, eight players, what are we doing here? Like, you, it does feel like you're going to be a little bit back in like the 2011 to 2013 window with Tony Romo, where, hey, we've got a franchise quarterback, but our roster is just not that good. So let's just go eight and eight every year. I don't know if it's that severe. I mean, I think maybe not that severe, but it what's frustrating is it feels like the NFC is opening up, right? Like this is your time to go 
to go be competitive, right? Like I agree. I do agree with that. The time the window is open more than ever in the, in the conference, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think I, I think the problem is is that this team refuses to to kind of go through a rebuild situation. So they're constantly, you know, every five or six years having to deal with the situations where, you know, oh, we have this, they have this two or three year window where our, our superstars are on contracts we can handle. We have a really good draft class that's going to be a buoy the rest of the team. We just got to get, we got to win this now. And then they get through that. And now they're on the other side of it. And the contracts don't look as pretty. The The rookies are, are going to be, going to be coming up but they're going to want their contract soon you know ultimately at the end of the day at some point like they have to align this better it's just last year was the year that yes. all, all that stuff aligned <laughs> i mean that's just yeah, it's hard it it's hard to swallow but that's the truth so the question is what do you do from now from now do you just try to re uh, uh to replicate what you, what happened last year as best as you could with the players that you have and hope for the best hope for the same kind of lightning in the bottle or do you try to take a step back, reorganize some things, and hope that you know drafting can kind of get you back closer to where you are? You clear some of this num- these numbers off your books with the hopes that you can kind of re-sign some other guys. I, I, you know, these aren't good answers. Neither one of them are good answers. No. So uh, you know, I, I don't like either of them. Uh, but I mean, that's where we are. Here's what I wouldn't do, though, Landon. I, I wouldn't cut Amari Cooper to bring back Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson on one-year deals. I, I wouldn't do that. No, I I honestly like listen. I think that the idea of cutting Cooper, like they should try to trade him. <laughs> like even if oh it's for yeah, no- I, it's... even if it's for nothing. Like the, the idea of just cutting Cooper yeah. sounds dumb to me. It is. So uh, you know, I I don't disagree. And if if you're gonna do it, you know, just re-signing one of those two guys for when you're proven deals like that's not going to be enough for your offense like you're no. going to need to no. take one of those draft picks definitely one of those high draft picks and then pick a wide receiver and then probably sign another guy in free agency that's 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 out use some of that money so um yeah i mean the whole the whole problem with this with with you know kind of it's not just that you're cutting cooper it's that you're kind of realigning the, the the way that you want this team to win. I mean, the, the whole idea was this team was supposed to score a bunch of points. And this defense was going to be good enough to keep them in games. Now you're trying to rely on this defense to be good throughout the season because you got Dan Quinn back. Like that seems With like you're falling into classic and... fallacies. Like that's, yeah, I agree. That's a bad idea. We'll see what happens. Um, there was some talk of, Maybe the Cowboys could convince Demarcus Lawrence to take a bit of a pay cut so they could re-sign Randy Gregory. I don't think they should have to do that. I, I mean, I listen. If, if that's the if that's the only option to keep Demarcus Lawrence, sure, try that. But I don't know. It's, it's, it's going to be a fascinating offseason for the Cowboys because it does feel like a little bit they're stuck in limbo. Should they go out and try to put everything together, push the some of the cap numbers back to go for a run this next year? That's kind of the way I'm leaning. But it sounds like you're more leaning like, hey, let's rebuild this, kind of clear our books and get ready for 23-24. I'm, I'm not. Let me be clear. I'm okay. not leaning well, I, I think you're more I, I open think, to a rebuild than maybe I, I am. I think it's more that I'm saying that people need to realize that this is not a straightforward decision. Like this is oh, not yeah. a cut and dry decision. Like you, you're leaning that way and I'm leaning on that way with you actually. Okay. But I'm also recognizing that that's not a good solution either. Like bringing all those guys back, you know, 
is hoping that you're going to have the exact same situation and that's going to play out the exact same way next year. And to me, to me, that seems just as unlikely to be a positive for next year as going the other route. I, I think that it's it's the Cowboys are in a, are in a tough spot. And, and I think that neither of these two choices, it's actually probably a combination of four choices when you're doing all that. Yeah, right. Yeah. But I don't think any of the, these choices are, are, are going to get us to a point where we're going to feel the way about this team that we did before last year's training camp. I, I just feel like it's, it's either your, putting band-aids over bullet holes or you're ripping the whole thing out and, you know, looking towards a year or two in the future. That's fair. Um, all right, let's take one more quick break so we can tell you guys about Built Bar. If you guys know Built Bar, Built Bar is one mm. of our favorite sponsors here. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours about get, is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar into your plan. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, with most Built Bars only containing 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. And there's so many great flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and so many more. In fact, Built is always coming up with new limited-time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's They're talk consistent. about consistent. Bill Barr. Yeah, they are consistent. They, they so. always show up. Yeah, They should be part of the rebuilding plan of the Cowboys. That's right. Uh, let's talk about something that's le- less stressful than the Cowboys mm-hmm. offseason moves, the Senior Bowl. Uh, they had practice on Thursday. It was the final practice of the week. Don't have any big, big takeaways from the practice. It's kind of the same things we've been talking about. But anybody that you wanted to mention? I thought Penning had a, had a, has had a better last two days, right? Trevor That's Penning, really better than he's... from Northern Iowa. Yep. Yeah. I, I, especially, you know, especially where he started out early in the week, it looked like it was just a little bit trying to him getting his feet under him, trying to adjust to the the different speed. I mean, obviously that's a huge jump in competition for him and uh, he's yep. physically up to it. And that's why he's there. But sometimes it's, you know, it's like, it's like uh, the, the transition from college to the NFL or just, you know, the first day of practice when you're a rookie, it's just getting used to that new speed and playing at that new speed. And, uh, I think, He's he's done a really good job of uh, taking his physicality to another level. Uh, he's really shown a lot of just kind of nastiness, finishing guys hard onto the turf and, and, and burying them down into the ground. Yep. Maybe a little bit more than some of the defensive guys wanted, but uh, I, I think that 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 shows a kind of willingness to play with the kind of edge that 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 you know you need to have in order to make the transition from that level of competition to the NFL. Yep. I agree. I thought Penning was much better on Thursday. He also, has, he almost started like 17 fights, which is kind of great for yep. an offensive tackle. I love that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have you mark down a name right now that I can almost guarantee you the Cowboys are going to draft probably fourth or fifth in the round. Are you ready? Let's hear it. 
Khalil Khalil Shakir, wide receiver, Boise State. Uh, He had a really good practice. Boise State. Yeah, really good practice on Thursday. Six foot one ninety five. Not overly fast. Probably gonna run in like the four four eight to four five two. Can play in the slot. Can play on the outside. Just gets open. Catches everything. Probably a Dallas pick. That sounds like a Dallas wide receiver to a certain degree. Maybe a little uh, bit small, but yeah. Yeah, need one to replace Amari Cooper, I guess, right? <laughs> Good luck, sir. <laughs> uh, trying to think of some other guys that had big practices on Thursday. I thought Troy Anderson, we mentioned him Travis, yesterday on the show. Travis yep. Jones continues to just yeah. Yeah. really show out every single practice. He's just a physically difficult person to keep blocked, you know? Third, third round-ish? Is that what we're thinking? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that sounds That's right, honestly. Kind of where nose tackles go, like if you're not a great pass rusher. Otherworldly, yeah. Yeah, I guess, I mean, that's kind of, he's maybe, kind of obtained that level of as high as you can go without being a great pass rusher, nose tackle, right? Yeah, I feels like in the same range as like what Osa went last year, right? Probably, yeah. That sounds and right. listen, I think Travis Jones, like if you, defensive tackle UConn, if you, you draft him... In the third round, he immediately replaces Quentin Bohana. And you've got an actual guy that can hold up against the run and give you a little bit of pass rush if you need it. I think that would be a great pick for Dallas. Winfrey from OU. Obviously, we talked about him yesterday. Mm-hmm. He's obviously another guy. Who's the kid from UCLA? Is his name Anagbri? Yeah, I, I, I was watching the Senior Bowl tape with my brother yesterday. I said, oh, well, there's another UCLA defensive lineman that I'm going to love. Uh, yeah, I liked him. Uh, yeah. he, you know, he had kind of a little bit of inconsistent pad level yeah. at times. Uh, but I, I think physically, you look at him, you're like, you, I could work with him. Right? Yep. Like, I, I definitely think he, he might have something. Yeah, uh, that's a foreseeable though. I, do, you, do you care about the game really at all? I mean, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, but I, you look back at like some of the guys that perform well in that game and it doesn't necessarily translate to the NFL. I don't know. Well, you know, I mean, the other thing too, is that when we look back, I mean, the problem is, is that it's like you, you have these guys kind of rotating in and kind of un, uh, you know, unregulated manners. So it's really difficult to kind of parse who had a big game other than like, you know, seeing who had the biggest numbers, but you may have the biggest numbers because, you're the third worst quarterback and you play the entire second half or, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I mean, I think the game could show you some stuff, you know, especially on the offensive and defensive line a little bit, uh, just to kind of see how they perform in full speed takedown linebackers, tackling running backs, tackling that uh, being tackled, that sort of thing. But you're right. I mean, for the most part, the, 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 the diamonds in the rough are found in the practice table. The last question I have for you before we move on, is there anybody from this week who you really didn't know anything going in, who you you know you had you were watching the tape and it's like oh this this guy's good and then you kind of had to look up and see who that was did you have any of those guys this week yeah I mean Kingsley and Nogbury. I mean yeah. I'm not sure if I'm even saying his name right from, but from South Carolina yep yeah definitely I didn't know who he was and then and just watching the tape I'm like okay who's that guy he gets yeah. off like a demon he's got long arms he's he's kind of svelte in the middle he could duck under uh, mm-hmm. he's he's got good flexibility. Uh, I, I mean, I think I looked him up and did he only have like two and a half sacks or something yep. this year? Yep. Uh, I, I can't wait to dig into the tape on this guy because I don't understand that. I mean, he just looks so incredibly talented. He was giving everybody fits all throughout practice. Yep. 
Uh, my guy is Cole Strange, the center from oh, Tennessee yeah. Chattanooga. Yeah, uh, I liked no, him too. Yeah, it just it was because he had that weird helmet, like it looks just like the Tennessee yep. helmet, except it was like been faded basically, yep. and, and yep. it just had a bunch of really good reps against a bunch of really good folks. And no gloves, no sleeves, nothing. Just football player. Um, no frills. No. Frills. I, I think he's probably a zone center in the NFL, but I was impressed. It seemed like. He didn't get beat all that often. And it's kind of what you want to see. Yeah. And, and and again, against the guys that I was expecting to see beat somebody. And then I'm like, how is this dude getting blocked by this guy from Tennessee Chattanooga? Yep. And, and and you start to realize after a while that he's doing it to several different people. And you're like, okay, who is this guy from mm-hmm. Tennessee Chattanooga? So yeah, yeah he had some really good reps against Travis Jones. And it's like, how, how, how are yeah, you doing this? How? Uh, came to find out that he's actually working with uh, Lance Zerline's dad this offseason. Yeah, to get Lance Zerline's dad is a longtime NFL uh, offensive line coach. I think he was the Arizona Cardinals offensive line. The coach. Steelers and the Cardinals. Yep. Steelers and the Cardinals. Yeah. So, so not surprising. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good player. It really, really fun. But that's what the Senior Bowl is about, though. That's why we like it. It's because we go into this week knowing some players, but not everybody, yeah. and you come out like you know, seven or eight guys that just completely shocked you with their play at the senior bowl. Absolutely. I think Cole strange is one of those guys. So, uh, all right, that is it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. Oh, we forgot to talk about the pro bowl skills competition. Uh, oh, Let's talk about that real quick. Just real quick. Yeah. Uh, Michael Parsons is very fast. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, Diggs is very good at catching the football. There you go. Thanks, guys. So, we'll see you next that's week. Our, that's our recap. <laughs> uh, faster than Tyree Kill, Michael Parsons is, apparently. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Tyreek, if he was really trying, he could beat Parsons backwards. But, maybe. Uh, maybe. Follow us on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter, at Lockdown Cowboys. Follow Lane and at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys next time. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.